began our journey with the Chinese honeymoon period. Now, as we come full circle with season one of the China Myth podcast, we want to make sure we arm you with all the tools and tactics needed to play and win the China game inside the Chinese arena. As you recall, the Chinese honeymoon period describes what most people experience when they first enter China or start a new relationship with a Chinese partner. I believe our perceptions and misperceptions result in precarious misunderstandings, but our attitude, mindset, and approach, which is 100% adjustable, determines the communication patterns we experience and the outcomes we achieve. So in this final episode, we will discuss what tools you have at your disposal when conversations begin going south, which is inevitable as relationships deepen. What tool can you pull out of your toolbox to stop those frustrating circular conversations? And how can you change course and prevent them from spiraling out of control? Or as Chinese say, 不要, or don't let it, 恶性循环. The most difficult conversations are typically between two people of the same culture, a man and woman. American author John Gray says, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. In his famous book that equates our frustrations, talking with our significant other to communicating with someone from another planet. Women need to feel understood and men need to feel appreciated. Sounds simple enough, but marriage counseling is a multi-million dollar industry because we've all have this psychological need to feel understood and appreciated by the other side when everything seems to be at stake. What do Chinese people need to feel from their partners or close associates? When dating, which is equivalent to a honeymoon period, communicating with each other is delightful. But everything becomes exponentially more complicated as the relationship deepens and a marriage or partnership is formed. When we enter China and begin developing new relationships, it's a very similar progression. Forming, storming, norming, and conforming. The problem with doing business in China is you can forget about norming. Instead, we need to cultivate a mindset of adapting and then embracing. When in Rome profoundly applies to China. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, refers to the importance of adapting yourself to the customs of a particular place or situation and behaving as they do, not as you prefer. China justifies the ultimate application of the expression, when in Rome. What is this magical tool to move things forward instead of getting stuck in a circular conversation? In Chinese, we say, which translates into offering a discreet off-ramp from a stage of embarrassment or loss of face. In other words, this tool allows a person who's made a mistake, for whatever reason, deliberate or accidental, being irrelevant, to preserve their face or mianzi. And the importance of helping others to preserve face cannot be overstated in the context of doing business in China, as this condition creates the possibility to improve a bad situation and for everyone to change course. We want to give others a xia so they won't hold any resentment even as they apologize and make excuses, because the offending behavior will likely reoccur without an off-ramp to pivot. Mm -hmm. 
When I work with a local sales team in Nanjing at Sinopac, a Chinese state-owned enterprise, they would resist any new procedures, no matter how good our guanxi was developing. From their point of view, it was ridiculous to measure KPIs daily and me to review them formally. They had many questions and challenges that were obvious and simple to my Western, process-oriented mindset, but were strange and excessive in theirs. So how do I answer their questions without condescension and move past their mistakes or omissions without unnecessary delay? Speaking without condescension requires a conscious effort and attitude adjustment. But reversing an adverse situation always begins with a simple phrase, Mei Guanxi, which means no problem or it doesn't matter. This is the off-ramp or Tai Jie Xia from any spotlight of embarrassment. Mei Guanxi, along with an attitude adjustment that it really doesn't matter, was the off-ramp I frequently used at Sinopac, and I was able to get the local Chinese sales team to have quote-unquote effective meetings and follow the new procedures. Reflecting on my experience doing business in China since I first arrived by ferry to Shenzhen from Hong Kong in 2004, what was the most challenging mindset adjustment I had to make? that had the most significant impact on my perspective. I think it may be that trust, getting others to trust you and trusting others in return, did not work the same way in China. The idea of trust is an entirely foreign concept, even though we use the same words, even in translation. When there is li yi guanxi or mutual interest, my Western mentality activates my sense of ethics and morality. And this is how I conclude what is the quote-unquote right thing to do. In contrast, my Chinese counterparts would choose what to do, what to say, and how to say it based on their li-yi calculation of personal benefit, both long-term and immediate. In this sense, they are more pragmatic. Amongst themselves, Chinese people will always complain that we, Zhongguoren, Chinese people, Tai Shansala are too pragmatic. Shansa means practical or pragmatic in a self-interested manner, implying there isn't any consideration for the greater good or other people, unless, of course, there is guanxi. I've often heard Chinese people use Shansa when they are disgusted or jealous of financially successful people and the choices they make or when they want to express disdain for women who are only willing to date financially successful or connected men. The practical applications of this mentality were challenging to comprehend until I developed a broader, more empathetic perspective. The mindset adjustments that gradually changed my perspective began not by taking anything personally or judging strange behavior negatively. Over time, as I started connecting the historical context and social pressures of being Chinese, I began to empathize and then sympathize and ultimately contextualize that no two people have the same truth default or suspicion towards strangers. If you think about it, it's common for Westerners to have more trust in people they know and have worked with before. So why would we judge Chinese people for the behaviors associated with being skeptical and pragmatic. 
As we finish season one, let's summarize where we are, tools and techniques to reach our preferred destination in China, and how we can better navigate this uneven terrain full of hidden treasures and landmines. Let's begin with awareness that Chinese honeymoon period treatment is just that at the start of any new relationship. This is how they operate. We should not misinterpret the benefits we receive even while we reciprocate them. Li Yi Considerations describes the internal calculus regarding the current level of mutual benefit and the long-term impact of deepening guanxi. This is what they consider in deciding what to say, what position to take, and whether deepening guanxi is in their best interest. Wei Chu is how Chinese people feel when they are disrespected or disenfranchised. It is vital to keep in mind that their concept of fairness is always relative to something else and not based on common standards. This is all about how they feel. Creating new patterns of interaction can only be accomplished by understanding Chinese xingtai, which involves a complex web of competing emotions. Suppose you can discern which feelings dominate the person you are dealing with. In that case, you will be more likely to influence their li yi calculations in your favor, which becomes their xiangfa or way of thinking. This is their attitude towards what you have to offer. Winning in China always starts by gaining their trust as they define it and trusting them beyond the limits of your comfort zone by focusing your attention on the guanxi engine that runs everything. A properly tuned guanxi engine will take you far in the Chinese arena, but a broken engine with missing parts or poor maintenance will not get you to your preferred destination. This is Jean, and congratulations for completing season one. I encourage you to listen to every episode in sequence to maximize how quickly you can develop new tools and tactics that will help you play and win the China game. You can also read each episode on Kindle Vela. Just search the Chinese honeymoon period on Amazon, and you can ask me questions live every Tuesday on YouTube at 10 a.m. California time. But in the end, it's all about what you're willing to adjust against the experience you wish to have in your journey into China, whether business, personal, or political. And as usual, please subscribe and share this podcast with anyone you think that might be interested. And I look forward to connecting with you soon and seeing you very soon with season two of the China Myth Podcast.